this is the topic that uh, we have today, understanding quality of service and multi-service uh, wireless networks. Again, we have a nice little diagram that kind of gives a, a, a setting of what we're doing here, right? What it is before and without. And the topics we're gonna cover real quickly is you know, really what, what is it? How does it work? Uh, ways or traffic to prioritize? Uh, how it's used, uh, some use cases and more. And in my and more, I have all of my references and a whole bunch of additional uh, information for you guys to, to hit and to, to look at that uh, really uh, expand onto this, uh, <clears throat> this presentation. And I also have a little note here that says to follow the yellow in this presentation. So let's, let's get started. So when we talk about QoS, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to define it by actually by the uh, CWMP. Uh, and they start off right off the bat as saying it's uh, traffic prioritization and other techniques. I like that other techniques uh, used to improve end user experience. The second sentence, they mentioned the amendment, Triple uh, E eight hundred two eleven E. So right off the bat, that shows you how important this is with QoS when it comes into Wi-Fi. And again, including QoS protocols for wireless network based on access categories. Uh, I have these guys noted because these are important as we talk about how actual QoS and Wi-Fi actually works. And this is the technical definition. And over here to the right is really how we all feel about QoS, uh, that it's basically, you know, almost just pointless, right? Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping here today to show you that there are actually some really, some really good use cases for it. Was so, that you last weekend, Chris? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, it felt like it, yeah. <laughs> um, so when we talk about how quality of service works, uh, we, we need to go to how collisions are detected and, and uh, avoided. And this goes back to the very basics of the protocols, right? The, the Ethernet, which is wired, and the, and the wireless, which is AO211E. And you'll notice here that even with wired and wireless, that the way that the theory and the way that these actually stop collisions is completely different. And you're gonna notice that as QoS comes into play, they start to follow those same paths. And the reason is, is because of obviously the physical medium, right? So wired, you know, they, they can actually sense, right? They are in the collection detection business. Wireless, the medium, right? It's random, uh, it's shared, and wireless is more focused on collision avoidance. And the biggest thing between the two is the wireless probability. So wireless in collisions, they, they work when probability. And you'll see this come into play uh, as QoS gets developed into the 802.11 standard with, with 802.11.e. And just in case everybody forgot what collisions looks like, I have this nice video that I could just watch all day. Fantastic, just love that video. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally a collision. So let's let's start at the beginning, right? So uh, Wi-Fi collision avoidance, just as a quick briefer, right? This is 802.11 protocol. And you guys might remember the acronym DCF, right? Distributed Coordination Function. 
all that is is that that's based on the carrier sense of uh, making sure that uh, that we don't have any collisions in the wireless environment. So we have in that in this function we have interframe space, which is extremely important coming to QoS here in a second. Back off timers, and again this is frame by frame. So this is how it worked in 802.11 before 802.11.e. There really wasn't any QoS in this, and it really was on to diminish collisions, right? And so about that time, uh, again, we're gonna show two different uh, groups uh, working, uh, that they decided that they needed to add some QoS features into it. And what I think the most elegant thing about this, and, and as engineers, you've gotta really just kinda take your hat off, is how the engineers use the existing framework for collision avoidance and actually inter interjected with QS mechanisms uh, right into the same the same logic, which is which I, I think is really really elegant. And so I'd like to like to share that with you guys going forward. So when we talk about QoS uh, with wireless, uh, it is the 802.11e amendment. And if you go to Wikipedia and you do a search for the 802.11e amendment, this comes up right off the bat. It's too technical for most readers to understand. Well, that might be true for the majority of people, but not us, right? Because we are, we are seekers of truth. We like, we like to dig in. So I thought that was really funny. That was the first thing that comes up is, might be too technical to understand, but again, don't let Wikipedia uh, you know, scare you off. You know, we, we got this, right? So once 802.11e came in around 2005 and got adopted into the, uh, the standard, uh, DCF, which I mentioned earlier, that was you know, really focused in with a lot of things with just the carrier sensibilities of Wi-Fi, it was replaced with a very similar but very different acronym called uh, Enhanced Distributed Channel Access. And when 802.11e came in, we had very specific changes or amendments to how uh, this works and we had two big ones and the first one was uh, EDCA and the second one was uh, WM or uh, <clears throat> wireless uh, multimedia. Now you'll notice right off the bat that there are two different groups here, there's two different outfits. Uh, there was some documentation that they both were working on at the same time, they are independent of each other, but they both are used uh, in the standard to actually have QoS work, and I will I will show you guys here uh, how, how that works. We'll be referencing this diagram uh, as as we move along, and it's really really cool how they how they set this up. So again, so we were talking about enhanced distributed channel access, and we talked about interframe sequences. Uh, what 802.11e did was they modified and added uh, two of these uh, IFSs, these, these interframe sequences. And they added the one, which was the trivia question, which uh, was specifically on QoS. And that was arbitrated interfering spacing, right? AIFS. AIFS has contention windows with a minimum max we'll talk about, and then also priority queues. And again, what we're talking about is actually how Wi-Fi from a frame, again, this is layer two, uh, actually can prioritize traffic that it can't sense the uh, collisions on, which is, and it's all about, you know, the probability and, and how they added it to the standard. 
So with the addition of adding this AFIS, uh, again, its definitions right here out of the textbooks, it's used for QoS data frames, it's variable based, which is important, uh, based on the, the wireless multimedia uh, access category. And access category, again, I've got highlighted for you because we're gonna, we're gonna reference that and you probably already noticed in the presentations, I've already shown little examples of that. It says before every frame transmission, so this is frame by frame, uh, Wi-Fi stations select a random timer, which you guys you know aware of, uh, with the contention window range and count down to the timer expires. Now how that looks like uh, is, is this. So here, again, here's our diagram. And I want you guys to, to notice uh, the differences in size uh, on these arrows here. Right here and right here. This is time and this is frame by frame. And so what uh, arbitrated interframe spacing functions as is that it shortens or expands the period of a wireless node that must wait before it can transmit the next frame. So there's our window, you know, pun intended, right? Uh, the shorter AI, I, the shorter arbitrary interframe sequence period means the message has a higher prob probability, again, probability of being transmitted with low latency, which is which is obviously important for video uh, and voice. So let's let's dig into that just a little bit deeper. So what we're looking at here is the contention window the interframe sequencing and then also our <clears throat> our access categories now we'll talk about these acronyms here in a second but what we just referred to is that we have interframe spacing if you can notice this is a little little blurry but this this is an AIF and you'll notice that it has a contention window of 0 to 15. this one has one 0 to 15. this guy 0 to 7 0 to 3 and again time so these buckets here, what, what do these mean? Sorry, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Wait for it. So <laughs> voice cue, right? So this means that uh, we have a minimum and a maximum in milliseconds of this queue. You'll notice that this, the, the time block is actually smaller. So we have a minimum uh, delay or send time of three milliseconds for voice traffic in the AIFS, right? In this bucket, which is the WVM. So as we look at these cues, so here's video, you have a minimum of seven, and then we have a best effort, and we have a background. This time difference is extremely substantial and extremely substantial with for voice, but what I'd like for you guys to, the main point of this whole presentation is to show you guys that how Wi-Fi QoS is actually implemented is that we use the, <clears throat> the EDCA uh, with, the, uh, with the new inner frame sequencing, with the arbitrator frame sequence, we actually set up queues and we classify those queues based on the traffic and then we reference the WMM profiles and we add that traffic into those queues, and that's how we get what we consider QoS. Uh, one more slide here just to, to throw it in. So what we're looking at here is the same as we were looking at the previous slide, and now I have the actual names for these, <clears throat> for these access categories, right? So what we talked about at the very beginning, and in fact, the CWNP definition um, of QoS actually even mentions uh, the access 
those categories in the second sentence of the definition. It shows you how important this is with WM. And what these are, are wireless multimedia access categories. So we have two different outfits, right? Wi-Fi Alliance, the IEEE, uh, in the protocol or the standard 802.11e uh, to, to actually work together with, with QoS. Uh, and again, this is layer two, this is all frame. So this is what I think is really brilliant. Uh, I, I sometimes like to just look at the screen, uh, especially to thinking about you know, how, how the way you could architecture or architect uh, priority queuing uh, in a medium like wireless. And they actually found a, a great, what I think is very elegant way to do this. So on the next screen, I wanted to show a picture of it. So since I work for this awesome company named Seven Signal, I have access to Sapphire Eyes. And Sapphire Eyes can do Wireshark captures uh, of any of the APs I have. And you'll notice here that I am just uh, did a Wireshark and I just found one of the beacon frames for one of my access points uh, here at my, my home office. And you'll notice down here that you will see those access categories. There's best effort, there's background, there's video, there's voice. Notice the minimum and maximums right there. They match up to what we talked about. I wanted to get into transmit opportunities, but uh, was going to run out of time. So uh, I've put some reference documentation and architecture to go more into this. Uh, but this is really cool to actually see this in function. And I also referenced a video of a, uh, it's a training, training video or an exercise, but they go into the, the Cisco wireless controller and they actually uh, disable and enable, and I believe there's one other feature of that version set of controller uh, that was kind of like why, uh, a little bit of WMM, but it was booling, it was on off, and then there was something like, not, I don't want to say maybe, but he actually in the video changes each setting and then does a capture to show you how different the traffic looks. Uh, we also have referenced architecture here that, that goes over some other, uh, some, some other vendors, but it's really cool to actually see it in action. So how does 802.11 QoS work? It works with the 802.11e amendment. So the enhanced distributed channel access works by placing frames, and I'm, I, I'm going to read this to you because it, 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 it's so important, uh, different queues based on priority. The queues have priority from the lowest to the highest. Those queues are named background, best efforts, video, voice. Obviously voice frames has the highest priority and background frames obviously have the lowest. Now here's how it actually works. The priority is achieved by using different interframe, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm choking here, uh, uh, interframe space, specifically the IFS, delays for each uh, access category by using a narrow contention window ranges for higher priority ACs. So that is a mouthful, but that is definitely how, how the Wi-Fi QoS uh, works and how they solve that, that problem of in, implementing QoS into the uh, existing way that Wi-Fi actually uh, deals with, uh, with collisions. And my favorite statement that keeps popping up in all the literature about when you talk about Wi-Fi QoS is this right here and this great word, probabilistic priority. The result is a probabilistic priority mechanism that makes it right here more likely that voice frames will be transmitted before video. Video before best effort, 
best effort before background. So Wi-Fi, right, they are in the collision avoidance business. They have to do this by probability. So QoS and Wi-Fi followed that same path, which was different than wired, and they're using basically probability. The more that you dig into this with the reference architecture that we talk about, you'll start to see that those are some of the issues that come up. And before I talk about the combination between the two, I just wanted to show real quickly, you know, why, or, or excuse me, how they both actually work together. So we've got wireless and we've got ethernet. In wireless, it's usually the AP and the controller that oversees the, the tagging and the queuing. Uh, again, it depends on vendor, it depends on setup, but usually that's the one that's that's uh, in charge of it. It's also in charge of actually sending it across to the wired network and also from back. Now, I did this as a funny because this is probably why a lot of you guys are here today, uh, is because end-to-end -end QoS from wireless to wired sometimes doesn't work. And I made it just like a small caveat, which it should be a big red flashing light, uh, but that's like uh, all the articles and all the research and, and release notes that we've done working on a project, kind of figure out why something can work. And then it always, it never fails. There's a little asterisk at the bottom that says, oh, by the way, what you're doing you know, won't work at all. And you're like, man, I've been, I've been you know, researching this for hours. Uh, so this small statement uh, is, one, is the big reason why a lot of QoS in the end from wireless to wire doesn't work is because of the tagging mechanisms. Uh, wireless will tag something as voice going to the wired. Wired won't make that connection of, of what that that traffic is tagged as and will tag it as best effort. And if you saw in the diagram, if you have voice, which has a minimum of three milliseconds to fire, and it goes that way, but comes back as best effort or background, well, now it's got a, you know, a 15, wireless sees it as a 15 second all the way up. Uh, and each vendor does this a little bit different. And in the architecture, the reference document, uh, some of those links will actually show you how Arrowhive does it, uh, how Cisco does it, and how Aruba does it. Um, it was too much to show for a quick presentation, but uh, they, the vendors do some of their things or how they match up. Uh, wired and wireless uh, a little bit different and that's understandable because even the standard actually does it a little bit a little bit different and there is even an RFC which I have this here and also will have in the the link that that try to address this uh, I don't believe it has been uh, it, it has gone anywhere I, I think it's uh, I think the last of like 2018 but it's a really interesting read about uh, trying to solve this problem but just for an example, right, so we have the wireless QoS, right, 802.11e, uh, and we have our access port categories, which are WMM. <clears throat> and you'll notice here, so like voice, right, so we, we can match that up, voice, but if coming back, got marked as background, got marked as background, we go from highest priority to lowest priority. So that is the main, well, one of the, the, the hardest things with doing end-to-end -end QoS. But if you're gonna do a QoS environment, we get a lot of questions about why. And a lot of the best cases that we have, and again, this is in the reference architecture, 
is that some of these new technologies or these technologies that have been uh, basically flashed to do a little bit different purposes, uh, uh, fulfillment, they really need QoS markings in wireless. Uh, IPTV over Wi-Fi networks is one. I think the biggest one is the single mode Wi-Fi phones. These are, you see a lot in healthcare and military. Um, Wi-Fi location tags is a lot uh, of asset tags, uh, location type, uh, tags, big, big into the space or the, the medical devices and obviously patient monitoring systems, they definitely need to have that, that, that quick uh, priority, especially when it comes to voice. And then again, the proliferation of tablets and smartphones are, are, are brought into the, the, the use cases. <clears throat> so that was a mouthful. Uh, here I have a link to everything that I had, had discussed. And it is a good uh, starting point to, to digging in and, and learning more about how 802.11 and with the amendment of 802.11.e and then with Wi-Fi Alliance, with the, um, with the Wi-Fi multimedia, how they all went together and started to make a QoS uh, environment and how it is actually very much needed and how it is very much going to be required. So Don, that's really, I wanted to share so much more, but I wanted to be cognizant of time. Uh, so I'm going to pause for some, some questions and I'll give you back control if you would like to. Uh, you can just keep it. Uh, we'll use your Q&A screen there uh, if you don't mind. Thanks, Chris. Uh, wonderful job right on time here. We're at uh, just over 30 minutes in. So we've got uh, enough time for questions here um lots of comments uh great presentation chris as always um and i while you guys are typing your questions in i'll catch up on my um my shout outs from earlier i saw at least one that i missed uh gustavo um dialing in from portugal this is working from home welcome gustavo and uh, Mike says, uh, Kelsey, you almost got his last name right when you were pronouncing the winners. So uh, kudos to you for almost getting that so right. So close. I'll get it right next time. All right. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mike, you can only win one time. <clears throat> Just kidding. All right. So uh, here's a question from uh, Mike H. Uh, and you you explained it maybe on the last slide. Maybe you want to touch on it uh, just on it in a nutshell. But uh, does QoS apply to only Wi-Fi, uh, or is it also applicable for WANs? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And uh, starting back in, in Don, I'll make sure that I won't talk for forever because you know how I uh, I like to to ramble on. Um, it, it does. Uh, MPLS uh, was is a big part of QoS. There are uh, a lot of SD-WAN uses a lot of functions on you know, software-defined has kind of morphed into QoS. Uh, I'm back from the days when it was IPSEF, if we've got any route switch guys here, that was the start of it. Uh, so yeah, so uh, quality of service is, in theory, is supposed to be able to say, if I'm a voice packet from my phone and I'm going somewhere overseas, that I should get priority the whole way there. Well, that means that every device between here and there needs to be able to recognize that that's that traffic and prioritize it in the right view. Now, like most good sales and engineer guys, I blame marketing uh, for, for QoS. Uh, 
because you know, sorry, Don, I had to, I have to, I do it every, I do it every. Um, there was a, you know that QoF was gonna was really gonna fundamentally change everything, and it was gonna be easy. Uh, it is actually very difficult to implement end to end, um, but yes, there are very much. Uh, uh, QoS, and you will find in your cable modems at home and in your small offices that you will see quality of service uh, actually being used uh, all the time, you know, especially even with Netflix, uh, if, you, if you guys notice with things like throttling down sometimes. So, yeah, very much in use today and will be used. And it's, and it's going to be, it's, that is going to be the way that things are done uh, you know, going forward is we're going to be very much uh, more responsible and engineering more into the uh, the space that we have, right? Instead of just throwing more bandwidth at it. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Chris. Thanks for the question, Mike. Uh, next one here is from Ahmad. It says for wired QoS to kick in, the available bandwidth has to be overused. How does this happen in wireless? That's that's right, that's right. That's a good question. So wireless doesn't, doesn't work that way at all. Uh, so it is, it is, implemented and ready to go right off the bat. Thank you. Um, next question from, thanks for the question, Ahmad. Next question from uh, Michael Yu. Jumping a little ahead, my biggest question uh, will be, how does Mobileye help us monitor and understand uh, the, uh, the WMM experience? Ooh. That's a great question. That's a great question. So today, Mobileye doesn't have any application-specific information in it. Um, so we just really see a lot in the RF space, but we haven't turned really anything on to show. Uh, so today, I don't see quite a see a lot of it happening, but I can see in the future uh, of actually showing some of that information especially pulling out from some of the beacon frames that we have. That's, that's a great question. That's a great thought too. I appreciate that one. Thanks for that, Michael. Um, next one in here is from Mitch. Uh, and it's, it's a comment. Um, he's saying CW aren't in milliseconds. That would be very long. I'm not going to go into the full, full comment here, but we'll leave that uh, something, uh, Chris, we can look at for the, for the version two of this presentation. Misspoke. Sorry. Thank you for that. Um, Keith, end-to-end uh, -end QoS. Um, uh, there's a reason there's a book. Oh, I got it. So Keith is just saying end-to-end uh, -end QoS. There's a reason there's a book for it. Most people don't, don't understand that. Um, so a general comment. Thanks for that, Keith. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. The, the big problem with uh, DSCP is that it had to maintain backwards compatibility compatibility with COS classification. Um, that was from Michael. Was that a comment? Uh, something you want to talk uh, through, Chris? Um, I can't really tell which ones are questions and which ones are just comments here, but. Good comment, yeah. Uh, can you talk about upstream QoS for wireless clients? That's a question from Kenneth. Yeah. So again, it's it's based in on the on the markings of the IFS. So as long as you've got WBMM enabled on your access point in your controller, uh, and that that is class is it's being classified properly, uh, you are getting the QoS that uh, the 
standard is uh, designed for. Thank you. A uh, question from Ahmad, can Mobileye help with Android-based scanners? I'll just take that one. Thank you for that question. The answer is yes. Um, and uh, we're supporting versions uh, five, six, seven, and eight. So up to Oreo. So depending on um, what version you're running of scanner, um, what devices. We're also um, ISV uh, partners with um, Spectralink, Honeywell, and Zebra, if that helps Ahmad. Uh, a lot of great jobs for Chris. Let's see. Um, uh, question from Nikita here. Uh, where is the 802.11 QoS classification done? Is that something we can answer? Is that a, you, is that a statement again? I, I, I don't uh, know. It's got a question mark after it. Uh, where is the 802.11 QoS classification done? Oh, uh, and he's got a follow-up under it, it says uh, both client device and AP. And that is also a question. Yeah, is yeah. That so, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the application needs to be able to tag the what type of traffic it is and the WMM enable uh, that classification then is is tagged by the access point and the controller as into what QITS is done. The mechanism again is through the uh, the AIF AIFS. Uh, with the putting it into the priority queue of it being sent, probability of being sent out faster than other traffic on the uh, shared medium. Mm -hmm. All right, these guys are tough on you today. Let's see. Um, Dave, it's a very question. tough topic. Yeah, we knew this was going to be a fun one. So uh, Dave's got a question about uh, AP switch port configuration. It says. Would you recommend using L2? Uh, in parentheses, it's got 802.1p uh, or L3, uh, which is SDCP, uh, DSCP, excuse me, configuration. Does that uh, make sense to you? It does, and I'm going to say it depends on what the uh, the design is and what what the uh, you know AP making model and all that kind of jazz. I have to I have to reach out to him and see what they're what they're doing there, what the case study is for. All right, I'll make sure you get that uh, that question sent your way. So we've got probably time for one more question, uh, depending on maybe two, depending on how quickly we can answer them. Um, let's see, question from Olivier, one of our uh, one of last week's winners here. Can you manipulate the vendor assigned QoS parameters, or are they hard coded? The application can. Yeah, so the application actually can can mimic the actual traffic if it's whether or not if it's a. Uh, uh, I have an example in the references, but uh, it, it can be manipulated from the application from the basically the endpoint. And then in some some vendors actually have the ability to change the uh, the the marking strategy where you assign different values to uh, different queues, and you can do that as well where you can manipulate the traffic uh, or even you know change the, the queuing uh, priority for different types of traffic um, we did it a lot uh, with uh, a product called packet shapers back in the day um, it was a very interesting experience and brought with peril <laughs> <laughs> all right 
So uh, why don't we do one more here? Look, uh, and there's probably six or seven that I'm not gonna be able to get to just because of time, but we'll make sure that uh, that Chris gets to these offline uh, via email. Um, but uh, Pradala, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, is asking how are RTP packets prioritized? And we'll, uh -huh. we'll close it down after this one. That's a great lead in. I don't, that'll be one that I would talk about ad nauseum. Let me uh, let me take that one off to the, the side. I was thinking about actually doing the entire presentation on that. Um, oh, well, maybe yeah. that's a, a se the sequel then to this one. Yeah. Oh, I, I you know, if people especially want to keep going with this. This is a a great a great you know presentation a great dialogue to have because of the very nature uh, of wireless, right? Of, of it's all probability, right? Indeed. So yeah, I'm going to take that one offline.